like, he is really full of himself. Okay, all right, okay, yes. fucking, no, no, you, that you makes know. me feel so good. Like now, I have, I, like, I a, like his shows though. I like his sure, shows. Sure, but Up and Vanish was good. When I started following him, on Inst following him on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, this dude is really full of himself. Okay, that's. Yeah. <sighs> That's exactly the vibe I got from him. Um, you're, you're not and off I there. And I could not... I still don't know why exactly. It was just like... It's just something I felt like he was... Like, did he do the... that? Who does Disgrace Land? That is... I can't remember the guy's name, but it's not him. He, it's now, not he did, him. He did, he did a... Um, a series with Disgrace Land um, called Dead and Gone, where they're covering some weird okay. mysteries that happen around. Okay, the okay, that that, that must that be the connection the in my head because that guy that does Disgrace Land, I also got the same vibe from. Yeah, he, he seems he seems to just like really, really, really just like love the dirt, and that's like he he's looking for dirt so bad that like I feel right, like he right. makes some stretches. To uh, jumps jumps to some conclusions and yeah. and uh, yeah, make some logical leaps. Yeah. Well, welcome to post post game show, or what is typically the post post game show. This is at Beep Count on Twitter tonight. We have a, uh, I guess a, a a special edition of post post game show. We are joined by the Moss Miami crew. We have Yeti Blanc. We got Christy Yamaguchi Main, Lou Rafter in Sales. I got Pow out in Southern California and up in Brooklyn and Morgan from Australia. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Hey, Beep. Hi, What's friends. On, What's up, Morgan? Beep, Morgan, you, you, you haven't taken that shirt off yet, have you? <laughs> it's really cold here. <laughs> Morgan, are you are you it's back summertime. in Australia? Yeah, Morgan from Australia. I, I okay. I told my, my wife has been asking when you were going to make it back, and I was like, I'm not sure that she is. I, I oh, kind of we had both kind of convinced ourselves you were never going back. You were just going to you're going to be a yank from now on. Morgan, well, isn't it summertime there right now? How is it cold? Yeah, but it's it's freezing today. It's so cold. Um, yeah, I look. There were there were moments there where I was not sure that I could get on the aircraft. There was times where I thought, like, I'll just stay here, but um, I have made it home. I with a brief stop, brief stop over with Jeanette yesterday. By brief, I mean eight hours at her house, which was very kind of her. Oh, that's nice. Um, so we had ravioli. We all she her beautiful mum wanted to get out the good china. Um, she oh. said that she said that in Spanish. I, the only word I understood was China, and I was like, "No, no, 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 not <laughs> Well, we weren't sure if Aunt was going to make it on the plane either. Well, Jeanette, oh, Jeanette retired from her job as the greeter at the Miami airport. She was there for a whole day. Jesus, uh, that was rough. But my flights were like perfect. They were on time. I was early everywhere. It was beautiful. So I arrived home this morning at. 8 a.m. Wow. Beep. I got another story I have to tell at some point of a closing to my trip back from Florida. You, you can't yours, even I mean, Tell you're, it. You're right, Go for right it. There. <laughs> all right. So my flight's delayed about a half hour, 44 minutes, but I finally make the flight. We get on, we land, smite food. Every, flight is smooth. Everything's good. Get in the cab. The traffic is insane. So it takes me twice as long to get home. I get out of the cab. I bring my stuff in the house. I put my stuff down. My kids greet me. Our piano teacher's there. And I realize I have left my phone in the taxi cab. Oh, no. <laughs> I go running outside to see if I can find a taxi cab. Nothing. 
I run inside, get my keys. I say, hey, maybe maybe I'll find them at the gas station down the way because the gas is cheaper in Brooklyn than it is Manhattan. I drive around for like 15 minutes, can't find him. I call my daughter. I say, get out my iPad. Log in with this passcode. Open up this app. Here are the Here's my Apple ID. Here's my security questions. Here's all my stuff. Pull up, find my iPhone. She's like, it's blank. Like, what do you mean it's blank? He's like, the screen is blank. I'm dejected. I drive home. I park. I walk out of the house. She's like, it's loaded up. He's going over the Manhattan Bridge as we speak. I get back in the car. And long story short, spend the next two hours flying around the city (laughs) trying to find this cabbie. Wow. Unfortunately, the way with with the way the city is and the tall buildings, it's not like I have a smooth iPhone moving. I have it's at 14th Street in Lexington and I get there. Now he's at 32nd and 6th. So I have to go up there. Oh, now he's at 61st and the, and I go back and forth and I'm flying all over the city. And my wife wants to kill me because I was supposed to be home at 530. I didn't get home till 7. And I basically left right away to go flying around the city. This is like the shittiest version of Die Hard 3. Yes. <laughs> so I'm driving and I have my iPad on me and my son's phone. And I finally, I log in and I say, consider my phone lost. Here's the passcode. Put my wife's number in, in case anything happens. Because I have no way to find the cab because I gave my credit card. I didn't need a paper receipt. Who needs a paper receipt? Well, the paper receipt has the number of the cab on it. And the only way to find the cab is with that number. So I'm going and I'm driving and I think still going around and I'm finally, I think, oh wait, he's close. He's close. And I'm, I'm, I'm flying, skipping red lights, way, way too fast in the city, weaving in out of cars, weaving out of cars. And I'm dying to know, did you find your phone? Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) So the phone rings and it's my wife. She says, says, hold on. And she conferences in the taxi driver who says, I have your phone. Where are you? I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm at 79th and 5th. I'm two blocks behind you. He's like, okay, can you get here? I'm like, I'm sitting at a light now. And I ended up after two hours getting back my phone. Awesome. So my life is saved because the last 15 years of every photo I've ever taken is on that phone. You don't and save so them me- to the cloud? Back no, because... Because the and, cloud is expensive. Oh, and, come on, man. It's like two ninety nine. dollars what, what, What's like, more expensive? Losing all 15 years of your memories or two ninety nine dollars a month? Yeah. Well, at, at this point, I don't have a choice. You got to know. Right. I'm going that route. But <laughs> it was that. And I walked in at 920 to a sad-faced wife to say, hey, I'm going to go jump on a podcast. I'll be back. So <laughs> I may not well, survive the night. We're, we're glad you're here. <laughs> well, what, what an end it. Of the uh, the lost phone story, it sounded sound like a limited fake Billy Gill there for a minute. But hey, guys, <laughs> um, yes, th- this is the uh, the Moss recap. Here we have the Lower After Hours crew that invaded South uh, South Florida, Miami, and uh, yes, Florida. maybe no crew. Don't forget, and, and the yes, maybe no crew. I, technically, they're Lower Rangers. They, they were Lower Rangers at the beginning. Lower Rangers today. Lower Rangers forever. So Lower Rangers a lot. Mm-hmm. Langers. <laughs> so uh, I first want to start off with uh, with Yeti, Streeter, and Lou. 
Uh, you guys absolutely rocked the stage there for what seemed like an eternity. How how was that for you guys? Oh, I clearly at first I was apparently very nervous and didn't realize the anxiety that I was going through. You clearly took the pictures of it. I, I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, I, I blame on the sink water I was drinking at night. <laughs> is, is, that really, is that the only time you're going to feel like that, Lou? Uh, Maybe it could have been uh, my dad belly being too tight on my uh, shorts. <laughs> I, uh, Why were I, you drinking sink water? Because it's it just I, I was late at night. I needed something to drink. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, like, what was I going to do? Like, wander around the hotel? Besides, the hotel would have probably charged me $9 for a 12-ounce <laughs> bottle of water. So You go to the gas station, you get a, a 24-pack for 3 bucks. You guys, we were all just in Miami. You guys saw what everything cost down there. Of course he was drinking out of the tap. Come on. (laughs) We're lucky he was drinking out of the toilet. (laughs) That's a good point. Fair enough. Well, and Christy, you were up on stage there as well. You you absolutely killed it with with your song there, uh, Pirate, Pirate Ship, Pirate Radio. I don't pirate know radio. what it's whatever called you want to call radio. it. Pirate Radio. <laughs> yes, yeah. me and pirate me and Yeti and both you... have songs called Can't Pirate. Well, they no, flashed it... my graphic up behind you. <laughs> I know, I know. Angel, so so Angel, for for the listeners that that don't know, which I don't, I'm not sure how you wouldn't at this point with all of our posts from this past weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I sang my sea shanty that opened the show for a while in that transitional period after Dan left ESPN uh, and before they signed with DraftKings. Uh, so it was just me and Dwayne, uh, Yeti's good friend and drummer that played with them in the uh, in the band on Saturday night. And uh, yeah, it was a little surreal because it was just my voice and a snare drum playing that beat the whole time. So I feel like... I feel like based on what I had to work with, I did an okay job. Uh, I was oh, yeah, it was okay. Well, no, I'm I'm glad, and I I appreciate that. Thank you. But I I, I, was, I, do I was gonna say there there was also a lot of people out there like where you kind of like get up there and like because I I'm I don't know if it's for you, but I've never played to a crowd that size ever. I think I definitely not that size. I have not, but once once I kind of started it, I just kind of went into my wedding officiating mode, which is just <laughs> like uh, like your mind goes somewhere else, and you like have weird thoughts about things that are have uh, like completely unrelated to what you're doing in the moment, and it kind of allows you to just be more natural up there. You don't get too much in your head. Do you guys go into that Yeti Streeter? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you're like. You have to sing a lot, like the next line to a song, and you think to yourself, uh, "Man, I'm really glad I wore this shirt tonight." Or, "Wow, like <laughs> you know, the lighting looks cool up here." You just have these like errant kind of abstract thoughts that have absolutely nothing to do with the very important task, which is right in front of you, which is don't make an ass out of yourself in front of this many people. Uh, yeah, I feel like I go like into an alternate world type of thing because it's just like. I kind of forget what to do because, like, literally, as soon as we got on stage and we started playing Wake and Take, like, my everything that I was worried, my stomach and all that stuff just went away. And then, yeah, like, all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, and then, like, all of a sudden, it's like, it's over. And you're like, 
you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? But I know yeah. it was awesome. Like, yeah. Have right, you ever, have you thing. ever driven down the road and like you, you're just cruising down the interstate and you look down and it's been 10 minutes and you have no idea what you yeah, did for that 10 minutes. You're on autopilot. You're like, did I drive someone off the road? What have I done? You know, I, I don't know where I was for the last 10 minutes. That's kind of where I get because I'm so focused on just like, you know, like getting it right. I'm, I'm not stressed about it, but like right. I do kind of go in this zone. Like we'll get to this later, but like, you know, the pat, the, the, the lights went out. Even when they restored the sound, <laughs> yeah, yeah. even they re- when they restored the sound, the lights that were shining on us were out. And I didn't know until I was watching videos after the fact because I was just there. I was just yeah, really yeah, in yeah. that exact moment. Keeping it going. Street oh, right. you go out. Well, th- th- there's actually a scientific term for that. It's called highway hypnosis. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. There, I, I've, I've heard of that before. You're right. Streeter, what about you, man? So for me, like, I don't like, I am acutely aware of everything that's going right and wrong all at once. Right. And um, even when that, but like, I don't ever like let it, like I'm always from playing shows, you know, you know, playing music and concerts and stuff. And then also being like in theater productions and like all of those things, like since I was a child, the mantra is always the show must go on. There's no dead, no dead air, right? <clears throat> no dead, dead air. no dead, right. no dead time. And I was really thankful when Done. the sound went out that that Dwayne had the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the foresight to keep just keep going because I think yes. some people, I think handful of people didn't even realize that like anything was amiss, which is really funny. <laughs> Because that would have been um, the weirdest uh, bridge to a song. The we like the like it would have been the strangest like breakdown to a uh, a show song of all time. If you guys got hard tap, I would have started finger tapping because my aunt, uh, my amp was working. Yeah. If I was like if if I had the skills to just totally virtuoso showboat on the guitar, I would have done it. It would have been so look at me, Louie. But luckily for Listen, everyone, I don't. Do I couldn't I, sound check. I could hear my guitar. The whole rest of the 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 actual like. Um, you know, performance. I couldn't. Everything was just so muddy and terrible. I couldn't hear anything up there. So like, I, I was just like, really surprised and happy to, when I heard and saw video and heard recordings afterward. That like, oh, we actually played really well. I've because oh, oh, Robo Street. Oh, lost oh, him. Oh, he lost him. I wh- while we're waiting to get Andrew in- back. Moment. <laughs> it's not me. It's happening this. again. <laughs> losing okay. that's, we're losing a sound. Just understand. Again. Just understand. I'm sorry, <laughs> Streeter. We just heard that. We just we just got you back with you saying <laughs> you're sorry. I need to say something about about uh, about Christy. Um, I, I texted him this, and I've said something similar to this in the chat. But for everyone else, um, when you got up there and did pirate radio. It's you and the drum is just really sparse and you had 2000 people like in the palm of your hand. <laughs> and that was like, I referred to it like, I think it was Dave Grohl. It may not have been him, but I think it was Dave Grohl who referred to Neil Young. It, it was either him or Noel Gallagher, I think, who once referred to Neil Young being able to play to an entire stadium and make them feel like they're all in, a, in their own living room, like it's their own personal show in their living room. And you did that. With that song, you were able to take what? that entire crowd, and, and and so I referred to that song as kind of like Sugar Mountain of the Seas. It's <laughs> Neil Young doing Sugar Mountain, except for on a on a boat, 
And uh, and you because you were able it just it just you were able to just capture the audience audience in that way. And it was perfect. And then I could not have asked for a better person to the play the poppy role for Wake and Take. It was just <laughs> I I can't believe. Well, th- th- Yeti, that's incredibly kind of you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. I cannot believe I remember the phone number up there. Like that. <laughs> that is the thing. I was more nervous about the damn phone number than I was about singing anything or performing anything I've ever done in my entire life. I even performed an impromptu wedding over the weekend that we uh, may or may not discuss. Um, somebody's eyes just got real big. But uh, yeah, I, I was more nervous about the the phone number than I was about anything else. And thankfully, thankfully I did it, but I, I want to, okay. Like, now, now that I know what you think about when you do perform weddings, I'm really fucking offended. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I gotta, I gotta like, let me pay the compliment back to the three of you guys uh, and Dwayne as well, but especially with Dwayne, not, not knowing anything about the show, but just knowing, <laughs> not knowing anything about the show, but knowing how to be a showman, which all three, three of you guys crushed uh the the charisma the flair the professional just like like knowing what like how to accentuate everything and give it that kind of like that that kind of pop punk kind of feel to the the song you know that that's kind of what the song like pebble drive has to it what fancy lad kind of has to it that vibe and you guys crushed it like y'all entertained you had stage you guys uh, were awesome you know, yeah, yeah. like you sat at the front you guys were awesome but like i just oh, yeah. i just i just wanted to drop a little line like i i i have been told since the performance that andrew street up may have had this coming for him so uh, I don't know oh, who might no. have told me. I'm not sure who might have told me, Yeti. Um, <laughs> but but I, I do believe that Andrew Streeter may have been responsible for ru- ruining a show once before by pulling out the generator or something like that. Tw- and that 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago, a, a freshly minted 16-year-old Andrew, he was, he was like a couple weeks away from turning 16. Um, oh. He went to so this. Imagine, like, so imagine Mary. I was Mary. <laughs> he went to this church dance that we had and i was still trying to date his sister and she showed up with her on again off again boyfriend and the guy who she ended up marrying and her little brother and i was not either of those and um and, and uh, andrew wasn't supposed to be there it was supposed to be an 18 and up thing but he was there anyway my band was playing not at the time when the incident happened we had either finished or we were in in a break but just the dance music was going on it was in a barn Really fun atmosphere, Halloween themed. And all of a sudden the power goes out. And I find out about 18 years later <laughs> that it was Andrew. He pulled the plug on the generator, little punk 16-year-old Andrew. On purpose? Yes, just because, you know, you're being a punk 16-year-old. Uh, holy well, shit. Was, what happened 20 years later, Andrew? So the so the barn the barn is like a hundred yards from like the house. There's a really old barn and like three stories. And like I'm walking back to where the the potty is, and then I just see like the giant power cable on the ground. I'm like, "Hey, wait a minute! This would be really funny because it's <laughs> so dark out there. <laughs> this is where it was, this is Statesville, Statesville, North Carolina, and I just Bruh. pulled Bardo County. That's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> pulled the plug. And that's, while that's we're on stage, problem, that's while what happened stage, in your songs, not mine. While we're on stage. And this is happening, and we can't get the sound going. Yeti is yelling at me. <laughs> hey, this is like 
This is payback <laughs> for when you pulled the plug on the board. I'm yeah. Like, yes. I, so I, I, got may, I, may not, I may not have remembered recording with Yeti on Saturday night. <laughs> but I remember that story. <laughs> also, uh, I just want to say for our listeners, um, Streeter has like such a uh, like a a smooth, calming uh, like voice, and the motherfucker is like six and a half feet tall. Uh, like I was just, just wasn't prepared. I, I just don't. I don't know. Like I've only ever seen him like sitting down Great. with like the phone like close Hugs. to his face and stuff, and like no frame of reference for anything. And so I see this. Dude walking down the street at me, I'm like, damn, that motherfucker, that dude's tall as hell. And then he's like, like, kind of like smiling at me. And then like, I, I look back at him, and then like, I did a triple take, and I'm like, Streeter? I was like, like it, like I was overwhelmed and like shocked, and I, I gave him a hug, and he like enveloped me, like I felt like a, a you know, I, I felt like the little spoon all of a sudden. It was, it was very nice. It was very. And nice. that would be odd to you to feel like the little spoon. Yeah, it would exactly, be. You know what no, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Dainty in any any way, shape, no, or form. You are, uh, you are no teaspoon. I'll give you no, <laughs> no, no teaspoon at all. I will. Uh, so. I will say one more thing about about the music portion of of the show, and I've said this in our group chat, but for your listeners, um, that like being up there was really cool. Having even three people know something that I've written to be able to sing back to was really really cool. But to hear, you can hear it from when my wife's video. You can hear it from behind her. You can hear it in front of her, people singing along. And whether it's Pebble Drive, Fancy Lad, even Pirate Radio Anthem, which that hasn't seen the light of day in a long time. And, like, some people were singing it. And that was really, really cool. But so to be able to, be able to hear some of that happening, to see an entire crowd full of people, but then to see in the front two or three rows of people, so many, most of this whole group that we've gotten to know over the last two and a half years through this stupid dumb website that musk is trying to ruin <laughs> like that was awesome and uh i, I it, that, that was it was just icing on the cake and, th and then dan labitard came on stage i can and, and that was my favorite part uh and then, my favorite and then part. Lou tried to lay on him i did <laughs> I, was back to to, back. Yeah. I was trying to do like i yet me and yeti did this i did to him without knowing like you know when you see the two guitar players like oh hell back yeah to back and play. So, like, if like you look at one of the videos will like i'm like i go back oh i saw like, it it's like hey i was I made, so sure, good. I made sure to point it out right away i was like look what i just saw right now he was going back to back with dan it, the only no, thing missing it, from it from the, sports the only thing missing was dan like looking over his shoulder at you and just like pushing you away <laughs> by the head i know he did like I, he and did, you like, but it, had he done that and you just kept playing and smiling it would have made for the funniest video of all time <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he, he like it's like he didn't even register that I was leading against him like at all like it was like nothing dude. you're like half his size like <laughs> yeah. truly like truly you're half his size Dan is so tall too you guys like I knew yeah. I know they always say that but like being in his presence I'm like man I get the I get the charisma I get that like obviously it comes mm -hmm. through audio wise but being in just having him like look you in the eye and like you know speak in that kind of like those dulcet tones that is like like that voice he has it's just like it, same thing with Stu Gotts uh when I met him so uh I'll I'll say it on the the show now um uh 
I met Stu Gott Saturday night in the VIP section, and uh, I told him, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, big fan of you. I'm with the, uh, the Lauer After Hours crew, and he goes, brother, when are you going to have me on? And I'm like, whenever you want to, Stu, like, like, you, you know, you, you tell me, he goes, brother, just get my, just get my phone number here, here, get it right now. And I, I get my phone out. He gives me his number. And in that moment, I, I swear to God, I had the thought, there is no chance on God's green earth or hell that he will ever be on this show. However, I would do anything for this man right now. I would kill for this dude right now. Like I, I, in that moment, I was like, I completely get it. I get the charisma. I get the, I get the, the, how he gets away with absolutely everything. He made me feel like the coolest dude in the world for those 30 seconds. And then he slipped away into another conversation. And I'm like, yeah, like a slippery snake. Yeah, absolutely. He slid it away. Yeah. Okay. So I have a a follow up on this, Chris. I have a follow up on this. He did that to me too, but I also watched him kiss Pablo on the mouth with a (laughs) mouthful of food, and (laughs) and and I think he fed him like a baby bird. Oh, that's amazing. And I was equal part disgusted and turned on, and that's how I knew that that man had me. Of all people, or even hello. Of all people to do to feed like a baby bird, Pablo has to be number one, right? Yeah. yeah, they hadn't even had a stroll yet, and he fed him like a baby bird with <laughs> tortilla chips. Like, God, that's so just, gross. And Jessica and I looked at each other, and we both just went, ew. Ew. Pal, <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm going to follow up on this. He So uh, Morgan Lou and I had the honor of going by the studio on Monday. And he looked. This me is the just eye. a flex. This is just. Oh, no, no, he looked. I, he looked. I, he looked I, at me, Louie. He looked me dead in the eye, and he said, yeah. "I'm coming on your podcast, Christmas." Okay. <laughs> so hell yeah, we go. hell yeah. The there more he so. says he's going to do it, the less likely. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> when he told me that, I was like, uh, he's like, because he's like, I told you, and then I was like. He, I was like, he's thinking of a different podcast. <laughs> so, pal, yeah, what he was talking I, I, about was I'm, the next the next episode of uh, when he does wake and take on stupidity again is what is going is what it is. Yeah, that's when oh, he's well, going to be on that no, podcast. He, well, he did he, organize that, so he said he when we were when we went to the studio flex. Um, he he said to us, um, "Oh, Morgan, when do you get back to Australia?" And he's like, "Is it going to take you two weeks?" And I was like, "No, I'll be back on Thursday." And he's like, we'll zoom, zoom when you get back. And he's like, Billy, Billy, lock this in. We're going to zoom, zoom when Morgan gets back. And so we're going to zoom, zoom, and that's where we're going to parlay this to confirm a date Hell with yeah. you. All right. Pal, I'm going to stick with you here. What, what was your favorite, you know, couple of moments there from uh, from Moss? I know you got to take off, so. Yeah, I got I got to go in real quick. But my favorite moment from Moss, uh, one of them was meeting Stu. For whatever reason, I was really happy to meet. Uh, I had a couple of really funny Billy moments. I met his dad. That was great. He was like b- acting like Billy's security. Um, and Billy introduced me to him. And then I also saw Billy sign a stolen Flanagan's plate. I really, <laughs> I really, really liked it. And uh, Bob the Engineer. Meeting Bob the Engineer yep. was fantastic. He's I everything is advertised. But my favorite moment, honestly, was the first night that I got there. Um, with no context, I woke up naked at the end of the first night in my bed. My clothes were soaking wet. I think I took a shower. I don't know. Uh, I got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's so, gone. So, so seriously. So, uh, so pal, Ed, Bob, and myself, we, we shared an Airbnb and 
we had gone out earlier in the afternoon, evening. I went back to the house. I wasn't feeling well. And I slept for like 15 hours, which I absolutely needed it. And I get up at like, I don't know, six or seven in the morning, go to the bathroom. And I feel this dripping on my foot. And I'm like, well, I, it, it's not me because it's cold. And I look up and Pow's clothes are hanging from the top of the shower rack, just soaked. I have no idea what the hell happened. He has no idea what the hell happened. There's no pool by us. There wasn't any body of water next to us. He must have gotten home, said, oh, I need a shower, jumped in with his clothes and said, okay, I'm good now. I'm just hanging his clothes up on, on the top of the shower. Might be able to shed some light on this as the only sober person that was walking with Pow at the end of the night down the street as he and Bob, um, Jeanette and myself, they were all just meandering and like running into each other as they're trying to like walk a straight line on the sidewalk to second uh, Avenue where I parted from them. But um, I'm pretty sure that um, Ed Bob poured out a whole bottle of water on top of uh, his head. And he's like, <laughs> and like, Chris, like, pal, like, barely, like, even, like, flinched or, like, even, like, recognized that that was happening. So <laughs> that that is perfect. Awesome. That, that's perfect. <laughs> Amazing. What, what, what was, you know, your, your top top two or three moments from uh, from Moss the, the whole weekend overall? So first, he was meeting all you people. Uh, you know, I, I was explaining to a friend of mine, you people, we all met two and a half years ago. And we talk every single day, pretty much. And yet we've never come face to face. So so just the act of meeting all you guys, John in Miami, Jeff, Jeanette, Pam, it, it was just, it, it, it puts such a stamp on everything we do here. Um, and really, really brought me to a point where I was, you know, I wasn't in tears, but I certainly was close because it just... It's such a great group of people. And, and, and so that for me was one, one of, not to get too sappy, but that for me was one of the moments. The other moment was Mike Ryan DJing. I mean, first, Mike Ryan is tall as shit. Mike Ryan is like Ron McGill tall. And I know he's tall, but man, I was even like, damn. But he was excellent spinning as a DJ. I, it was, I was locked in. I wasn't up front for that. I was more in the back. Um, but I was just so locked in. He just did. I was so impressed because I mean, you know, in many ways, you all know that Mike Ryan would do anything halfway. He's going to go full on. Um, and I was just, I was just so impressed with you, James Gill. I thought, I thought the, it was just the disco just was such a good choice. Yeah, it was, it was a sneaky way to get songs in there that everybody's familiar with in some yep. way. Uh, but he did it like in, in, like, but with a fresh spin on everything, and it was a, just a flawless execution. I texted, yeah. or not texted, but DM'd him as much. I was like, that was such a brilliant idea. It's like these songs, like some of them play on like classic rock radio, but you, you're not going to do like a classic rock DJ set that's not yep. danceable and like doesn't really get people moving the same way, like with a beat to it. It was a smooth choice by him. Yeah. So I was just, I was just very impressed with Mike. I mean, not that I expected less, but still, I, I was blown away with how with how much on point he was and how much he really did get the crowd going. I mean, Yeti and Streeter and Lou and you got the got got them going 
early on with the performance, but then I, Mike just took it to another level for me. He crushed it. So that, that for me were the two moments is meeting all you people and, and with Mike did on, uh, on the tables. I was just very impressed. I want to what about you? Or sorry, go ahead. Morgan, what about you? Nope. Um, well, I had a heater with Stu. I got married by Chris, but didn't obviously didn't mean as much to him as it meant to me because motherfucker was thinking about his shirt. <laughs> um, that was rude. Greg Cody told me I was famous. Um, I, I, some of the things like, oh, I had an edible and then I gave some to Pam and Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> which is irresponsible and it pissed Jeff <laughs> off and that was funny too. Um, I I had a great time. I like just like small conversations with people that I that were unexpectedly excellent like Tom Habistro who I think is just a wonderful human being. Um, cool encounters with like Tony's wife. Tony's wife is a 12 out of 10. Um, she was yep. wearing an animal. Um, it was a, a very exotic looking animal. She looked incredible. She was lovely. Um, my new friend, Jessica Smetana, good friends. Um, I really enjoyed chatting to her and her friend Priya. Um, I stole someone's pizza. I gave it to Ron McGill and I gave another one to David Sampson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody gave me a gift and I spilled pizza on it. I'm really sorry about that rage. Um, and like, I just, even like lunch the next day and I couldn't stop crying when I had to leave. And it just, it was all very surreal for me and very emotional because everything I do is emotional. Um, but I just, I had the best time and I'm so sad to be home, but I'm so grateful for, for John, for taking me around, for Jeanette looking after me yesterday, for the person who gave me their house keys, um, for the wedding that, we talked about um just for everything it was incredible i want to say something real quick when i spoke to mike ryan i talked to mike ryan um before before i told morgan this at moss i did't know if she remembered or not because she had taken an edible and the number of other things that happened but i I told morgan yet i hadn't taken it yet (laughs) well anyway i told morgan this so i'm talking to mike ryan before moss is happening we're just because I'd been at the venue like since soundcheck and he showed up and he's like, Hey man. And he's, you know, kind of downtrodden. Obviously the grant wall passing was, you know, not a, uh, uh, a, well, it was definitely a shadow that kind of hung over the whole thing for a variety of reasons. And, and Mike was like, I told Dan and Hildy and Bimmel yesterday last night that I wasn't going to come, that I wasn't going to do Moss tonight, just like Chris wasn't. And, um, and in the moment I, I wasn't, but I woke up this morning and I was like, damn it. Morgan came from Australia. And that's the first thing he said. He's like, all these people, that's the first thing he says, Morgan came from Australia. I would feel like a total asshole if I didn't show up and, and do my thing. And, um, I thought that was pretty neat and that was pretty special. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, honestly that was that was when Stringer told me that I was very touched and also like it wasn't just like that I turned up. I was just a symbol for all the people who turned up and for all of us who made the effort to be there. But it was very nice to have him name drop me. 
I I actually I would want to I would want to see the odds the betting odds on his likelihood to turn up had you not been there Morgan like I do not think I th- I think we get pretty it's it's maybe a push whether he shows up if you're not there I mean, well, so really, the, the in theory, it's Morgan's fault out. that our set got cut short because if Mike didn't show up, we might have been able to play everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's so true. I, I watched that guy cut you off too, and I was like, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but, but like the the nicest encounter I had, and like it was it was quiet and it was gentle, and it was with Mike, and and we only we hadn't been there long, and I was up at that first bar area where the bathrooms were, and he come up the stairs and he's like, Morgan. It's so nice to meet you. I'm so I'm so grateful that you came. And I was like, Mike, I'm so grateful that you came. And I, I hadn't heard what Streeter had told me later on then. And lucky I hadn't because I probably would have cried um, to Mike, which would have been really awkward for him because he would have hated that very much. Um, but it was it was really nice to just have like that small moment with him. I uh, I had a similar moment uh, with Chris Cody in the urinal. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. That's- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that uh, sounds exactly the same. It was, it was pretty close. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it was pretty close. It's, uh, Very. <laughs> what do you think about the, the attendant offering bathroom lollipops? Uh, I didn't get offered one. I, I, I try not to put anything in my mouth in the bathroom. That whole situation, <laughs> the whole, the whole bathroom bad. attendant in the tiny little, like, sweat box in there. That whole situation to me just felt like a scene out of like a ridiculous screwball comedy. Uh, I was just like, <laughs> is this for real right now? Cause he's like spraying my hands with hands. like soap and he's like, you want a mint or like a lollipop or whatever the heck it was. I'm like, no, I don't want one. Of- What's happening. There's too many people peeing within like three inches of us right now. I don't want anything from your weird sack of urine soaked. Goodies, sir. Urine, uh, urinal cakes. I was using oh. the restroom. Little Danny's urinal cakes. <laughs> back to the early days of the show. Um, I, I was in there using the bathroom, and I just I said, we got a stage fright situation just to see if it would cause one, just because I was wanting to be a jerk. You know, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I know so what that meant. so many conversations about stage fright. It was, it was de- you could hear a pin drop besides all of the pee happening, and yet he's just like, <laughs> I'm in there at the same time. He's like, we got a stage fright situation. <laughs> and I didn't know what he was talking about, so I just kept it moving. They have and so no many conversations said, on the show about and stage nobody, fright. And nobody said anything afterward either. We all just yep. kind of <laughs> left him hanging. Beep, have you shared your like two favorite things from you? You've said a couple things, but you haven't really dove into that, have you? Uh, I haven't. Um, I think the, the whole just recording the podcast live at Moss may have been my favorite and least favorite thing about the entire weekend. I told um, you to about looking at so good. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> the, the amount of work that kind of went into that whole part was, was awesome. Uh, I wish the payoff was a little bit better, but you know, you, you, you live and you learn. Uh, my, my actual favorite part about the entire weekend was going to Flanny's on Sunday night. Hell yeah. We waited in a parking lot drinking beers for, I am not kidding, two and a half hours before we ended up on the rail of the takeout stand to eat Flanagan's. It was so hey. worth it. 
Here's here's a little little bit of advice for anybody that happens to be traveling on vacation in South Florida. Don't fucking go to Flanagan's on a night when the Dolphins are playing a game. Good God. Good God, that was stupid. And it was my idea, I think, originally. I'm the asshole that was like, all right, tomorrow night, Flanagan's uh, for dinner. And everybody's like, sure. I completely forgot they were playing the Chargers. But totally worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. Restaurant. Listen, I had no idea. Guys, we're running like like Yeti Yeti paid like I don't know what he paid for this rehearsal space in Hialeah. Not a ton. But, it was a fair price. But the that's immaterial. The point of this story is that we're running late already. And he's like, We're gonna go to La Carretta and we're gonna get Cuban sandwiches and get them to go or whatever. Or like he's I'm like, is it fast casual? He's like, I'm pretty sure it's fast casual. So we show up there. And we're like 20 minutes before we're supposed to be a mile and a half down the road, which in Miami means it's going to take us three hours to get there. Right. And um, he's like, <clears throat> we sit down at the table and then Lou shows up and the the girl doesn't speak English. She brings us the <laughs> these menus and we're looking at them and like she takes forever to get back to us. It's busy in there. It's lunchtime on a Friday and the and World Cup's happening. And um, anyway... Yeah, he's like, oh my gosh. He, he explains, he goes this whole thing where he's like explaining to the girl, hey, you know, we didn't know this was a sit down place and like our, we've got a place to be and we really got to go. And she's like, I don't speak English. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> How would so, you pick? How would you pictionary that out? Like, how would you get? How would what? Would, what could you have drawn well, to get she that? Went and she got. She went. And she got somebody else. She went and got like her like shift leader or whatever. And then the shift leader comes over and we explain like what's happening and the comedian order to go and she looks at us like, "You want to order to go?" Like it was mad awkward and then, like it, like she'd never heard of the concept <laughs> before. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I guess I I, she thought we were trying to like get out of like having to tip anybody or something. Oh, I don't know gotcha. what the situation mm. was, but anyway, that was locker. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to jump back to Flanagan's, we're sitting there. My table, it's me, John, Pam, her daughter, and Jeanette. And the table next to us comes in and they only speak Spanish. And the waiter does not speak any Spanish. So in the exact reverse of what you dealt with wow. was this table next was trying to do with him. <laughs> Jeanette's like, you want me to come over? He's like, I don't think I'm allowed to have a non-employee take the order. And then he ends up bringing over the hostess who speaks Spanish. And after like 15 minutes, he comes back over our table. He's like, never bring over the hostess. She's literally going through every single item on the fucking menu. <laughs> oh item by item and ingredient by ingredient Christ. to get them to decide like, Yes, we would like the fish tacos or whatever it was the other party. It was just like it was it was comedy. It was so comedy. Well, I can tell you we went to Tummy Ache City that night. So <laughs> Tummix. Yeah, we did. We went to Tummix City. Hell yeah. It was uh <laughs> it was incredible. The the rock and ribbles. Totally worth it. Holy totally worth it. Bleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got half a rack of ribs and some wings and some sweet potato fries and some garlic knots and some rib rolls. And then I went over to Beep and Lou's table <laughs> and then ate some. Uh, was that Bang Bang Shrimp? Oh, the firecracker yeah. shrimp. Firecracker oh shrimp. God. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ate my weight. I'm gonna I'm gonna be spending the next two weeks trying to burn those calories off. I think. Does anyone sure. know? Does anyone know if Jeff found his car? <laughs> no, some We're say sure. some say well, he's still yeah. looking for it to this day he's still wandering the streets of miami so that reminds me he was in that crew too hobbling down the street 
uh, that night. And I will need to re- I need to revise my statement. It was not Ed Bob. It was in fact Jeff that poured a bottle of water onto Pal. the pal. <laughs> So, Chris, I've got a question for you. You and yeah, I man. both traveled with our wives mm-hmm. um, there. What did Tammy think um, about the whole thing? <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I talked a, a little bit about this on George Center. Uh, we recorded Monday night because uh, one of the co-hosts was just like, what the hell were you doing in Florida? Like, that's kind of how he asked me about it. So I had to explain it from like a layman's terms, right? Like how, how do you explain this entire thing? Because there's so many layers to it. And then particularly what I got to do and why people would know what I was doing, you know? Uh, so before we went down there, uh, people were, Asking, oh, you're going to Miami this weekend. What, what are you going down there for? And she would just like uh, his podcast party, and it was funny because. <laughs> and, and I asked the guys on Jort Center, "Can you say the phrase podcast party without it sounding like the most condescending thing in the world?" And I don't think it's possible. She was not being condescending in any way. She was nothing but extremely supportive. Just the phrase podcast party sounds like the most pathetic thing in the world. And obviously it wasn't. We all went down to Moss. We all experienced it. It was badass. It was so much fun. They it, they threw like a legitimate Miami party paid for by podcast money. You know what I mean? So that phrase, while funny, it, it's, it's like one of those things where... Uh, you hear of a YouTuber for the first time and you think this is a nobody and then you find out they made $75 million last year and they have a billion subscribers. It's such a niche thing. But then when you look at the statistics, it's like, oh no, these people are very famous. It's just very specifically famous uh, as, you know, based on what they do. So she it was very surreal i mean hell it was it was very i kept looking at tammy the entire time and going this is so weird this is so weird <laughs> like i i kept like having to pinch myself and she absolutely loved it she had a blast uh she was was super feeling uh she was one of uh, i think maybe two dozen people that were super into G love, uh, at the end of the night, uh, after, after Mike Ryan got done DJing, uh, but her and, uh, our friends, uh, Brandon and Sarah that traveled with us, Sarah was, Sarah didn't know anything about the show either. So she had a companion with her the entire weekend while me and Brandon made show references the entire time to each other. Uh, but she was super supportive and she thought it was very bizarre when people, People like knew who I was, knew the song, uh, were, you know, fans of Lauer after hours. There were even some Jort Center fans there. Uh, shout out Nathan and, and Jeanette, of course. Um, so it was just all around. It could not have gone any better. I, I, I seriously mean that, except I do think I caught the South Beach flu because I am under the weather right now like crazy and i f- i feel like i'm responsible for dan being out this week honest to god i, I think you I know think what the a- s in ma stands for right <laughs> sick as hell <laughs> South Beach Blue. Su- super spreader super yeah. spreader yes i uh um it the uh the, my wife traveling with me is the only reason i invited Dwayne to be our drummer 
I wanted, like, you know, I, I mentioned this la- on last week's show, was that, you know, I think Dave Grohl, I think Ringo, and I think Dwayne. Those are the, the first three drummers to think of. But I knew I wasn't going to be able to be a good friend to someone who wasn't into the show. Because right. meeting all of you, being involved in, in getting ready for the performance, and working for Greg. And you know, being his handler, I was part-time his handler. I was manning the booth. I was, you know, I, I had to make sure that he you wasn't were a busy man falling this, over. That, I, was, that I wasn't going to be a good friend to him. So I was like, I'm not going to ask him to go there if Jane isn't going to be there. Because you know, Jane and, and him were good friends when we were all out in Seattle, too. So, um, like, our, our families are close. Turns out we're actually cousins, which is awesome. But that's anyway, cool. um, that's a long story. But, uh, but like, like, so... I'm glad that that she was able to be there if nothing else for him so that he could hang out and enjoy stuff too um, and uh, and have someone to hang out with and not just be totally lost while I'm running all over the place. But no, she, um, Andrew, what did she tell you? Like, what was it that she was kind of baffled that anyone would want to talk to me? Something like that? <laughs> well, that's, that's what Arlene Cody listen, was saying when she was asking oh, Arlene and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I... Uh, Erlene might have been a sneaky top three favorite person I spoke to at Moss. Erlene's awesome. Because I got to talk to her for like 20 minutes and she was just, you know, kid gloves are off at all times when she's talking about her <laughs> husband. Oh, that's My awesome. goodness great. She's like, it's the weirdest thing. We'll be in like Colorado and like weirdos will be like, you're Greg Cody. And she's like, oh my gosh, we have to do this again. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm talking to Jane Jane Blanc, right? And uh, <laughs> first, what, what Yeti, like, you know, failed to mention was the first part of the conversation where she's talking about how proud of him that she is, and uh, you know that she knows this means a lot to him, and it's it's really great to see him, you know, have this all come to fruition and go off uh, without a hitch in her eyes. And um, she's also said, but it just, you know, it, it's really funny to me. And I don't think I'll ever get used to people being this excited to see Greg. And she means Greg, <laughs> her husband. She's like, I just don't. I mean, she said that goes for Greg Cody too. I don't understand this at all. I don't get what's uh, why people are freaking out to see them. But it's great that they do. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> she she did accidentally tell some people that they're like, now who are you? And she's like, I'm Greg's wife. And people were like really confused, thinking Greg Cody. They're like, what happened here? They no, think I Greg had... Cody. They think Greg Cody pulled a Dan. And you know. right. <laughs> well, younger pictures of Erlene kind of she could pass as a relative of Jane. So well, I had a similar thing. Like when we were first tra- chatting in the band, like Andrew kept on calling you Greg, and I was so like. <laughs> Like yeah, like yeah. When we, when Greg and I, and I'm like, and I keep, I was Lou, Lou like, text ten people. I'm in a band with Greg Cody, y'all. <laughs> yeah, listen, I was, I was thrown off. It's been such the adjustment for me still trying to like convert my brain to talk about Yeti as Yeti and refer to Yeti as Yeti in you know show adjacent people, but you know it works for him. So it does. I enjoy it. <laughs> But yeah, so my wife and she, we, we had a great time, and she had fun at the event. She had fun getting to meet some of you weirdos, and and she was just like, talk about just like just having someone who's going to support you. It, it's just like I love the daylights out here because whether it's just supporting you in your fandom or supporting you in actually getting to do some of the stuff and be involved in the event, like it's pretty damn cool. Uh, I met Jane. She was absolutely lovely and super supportive of you. Um, we can't, you know, 
we're we're all a bunch of doofuses, so <laughs> our wives have to keep us in check. Uh, we can't let that ego get a, a little 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 too far away. Uh, speaking of wives, beep. Have you made That's it up to your wife for missing her birthday to be at Moss? So, <laughs> funny you should ask that. Oh, shit. Oh, so, God. Oh, God. The flowers that I had, that I had ordered to be delivered <laughs> on her birthday. Oh, no. The order got canceled and had Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It gets worse. Oh, so they, God. They, they, so, they call 1-800-Flowers, you know, fr- friends of the show, support the people that support us. Sure. I had ordered it through 1-800-Flowers. They called me Saturday at like five o'clock in the evening. I'm already at the venue. Yeah. And yeah. it's loud as shit. I can't really hear. She says, we had to change your order. It had to be canceled. I'm like, okay, change it, whatever, go. Cool. I figured, awesome. We're going to get, you know, some sort of other big floral arrangement delivered tomorrow. Cool. We're good. No flowers on Sunday. Oh my God. No flowers on Monday. Oh, no. I get a notification on Tuesday at like noon. Hey, your order's been delivered. I rush home from work. I open up a box. It's not like a bouquet. It's not this, you know, grandiose thing. It's a box that has a smashed plant inside this box. Like dead and smashed. And Is this I, why you're recording from a doghouse? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely lost my bleep. I got on the phone with them, and I, what, what the the lady that answered my call from One Hundred Flowers. I'm I'm sorry if you can hear this. Just know that I'm sorry. Uh, it's not you. I was upset about the situation, of but course. thank you very much for handling the situation with the grace and compassion that the situation needed to be handled with. Yes. That being said. Uh, I did end up getting a, a full refund from 1-800-Flowers. Uh, I ordered a new set from a different uh, uh, flower uh, arrangement place, uh, and those are going to be delivered this week. So that, well, that's 900 our, flowers. Extra sexy. $8.99 a minute. <laughs> Damn dog. Um, well, yeah. So, of course, of course. Like you, I, you, I, I knew I had talked with you. You put a lot of forethought into the fact that you were going to be out of town. Uh, I know, like you, you planned things. You, you had you know spa days set up and flowers to be delivered to, to make up for the fact that you weren't going to be there. So that seriously sucks <laughs> so bad. Yeah, that, that I, I was, I was, man. I was not too pleased. Damn, um, you put in so much work, by the way. Kudos to you and and Powell. I know he's not on the, the call anymore, but for, for manning the, the battle station all night and getting that shit set up and, and recruiting people over there, uh, y'all did, I, I know, audio be damned. Like, it, it's not, it's almost not even about the audio. It's the fact that everybody was, like, so willing to sit down uh, with a bunch of super fans of this show. And y'all, y'all, y'all crushed it. Y'all absolutely crushed it. Y- y'all did such a good job. Thank you for all of your hard work. Um, and again, to echo Aunt Sentiment, uh, the past three years has been so. Uh, there's no other way to say it. So fucking weird. So strange. I can't express how bizarre the past three years <laughs> has been in real life and on the internet. And like on Twitter, you know, like it's just you can't you can't really sum it up in any way. And it's so strange that everybody is so cool. 
like like there's there you know th- this this crew this whole hour after hours crew uh some people have drifted away uh early on uh some were you know uh i would say maybe forcibly drifted away <laughs> a little bit but the 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 crew at the core of this now, um, and that includes you, Yeti, and and Streeter. Like like y- y'all have your own uh, fantastic podcast. Uh, uh, but but this this crew of Lower Rangers, I can't. It just it keeps surprising me how awesome every single person that's a part of this actually is, even Flem and M. <laughs> even Flem, even Flem, who who uh, uh, he probably doesn't want me to say this, but like got someone a plane ticket to be down there this past weekend. Got two, two plane tickets. Two excuse people. me, pardon me, two plane tickets to get people to Moss. Uh, everybody like jokes about you know every, we all make we're all self deprecating people, but every single one of you. And I know from personal experience because of some of the things that I've been through and and family changes that I've had and the support that has shown up uh, for me immediately has been has left me speechless, quite frankly. And then it's another one of those moments where I have to go to my wife and say, how do I explain that these people who I've never met in person are being this selfless and this thoughtful just because I told them about something going on in my life. And it's amazed me at every turn. It's, it's again, it's left me speechless. And if you all know anything about me, that's damn hard to do. I will talk your ear off about anything. So, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all the hard work you've put in over the years. Lou, that you've put in over the years. Ant, Streeter, Yeti, everybody else from Lauer After Hours. Uh, I include The list is way too long to go down right here. I'm just pointing out the people in front of you, in front of me, but I, I mean every single last one of you. Uh, yeah, you're all wonderful. I love you all. We love you, Chris. And that's going to do it for this episode of Post Post Game Show. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. This is at B Count on Twitter. Joined tonight by Yeti Blonde, Chrissy M. Gucci Mane, Lou and Sales, Ant in Brooklyn, Andrew Streeter. We had Morgan from Australia and Pow out in Southern California. We will talk to you next time. Barrett called my wife Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.